Welcome to the Brilliant Minds podcast. Brilliant Minds is a two-day thought leadership summit where we gather the most innovative international luminaries, global decision makers, and young emerging talents of our time to discuss the future in the world's creative capital, Stockholm, Sweden. Created in 2015 by Ashpur Nori, founder of At Night Management, and Spotify's founder, Daniel Ek, Brilliant Minds and Symposium Stockholm provides a platform and week-long festival for creative individuals with powerful ideas to come together and interact with a global community of leaders at the intersection of arts and technology. The theme for this year's Brilliant Minds was collaborative creativity. The notion that great ideas and great business happens in between. In between tech and music, fashion and music, innovation and art, in between American and European cultures. In the marriage of the old and the new way of doing things, magic happens. My name is Natalia Brzezinski, and as the CEO of Brilliant Minds and Symposium Stockholm, I'm so happy to say that we're now sharing a lot of our content from the event via this podcast. What you're about to listen to are a few of the speakers that spoke at Brilliant Minds in June. and 63 million people in the world live without clean water. Charity Water has so far funded 19,819 projects in 24 countries, benefiting more than 6.1 million people and raising almost $200 million. In 2013, PewDiePie, a YouTube phenomenon, as you all know, asked his fans to donate to Charity Water in one of his videos as a way for him to celebrate the fact that he had over 10 million YouTube subscribers. His goal was to reach $250,000. The total raised was $450,000, making it the second largest YouTube fundraiser ever. Ten years ago, you would never expect our next speaker to be changing the world for good. Scott Harrison was a club promoter in New York City. Today he runs and founded Charity Water an impressive organization that is using new technologies and immersive narratives with virtual reality. This next talk is super inspiring and I think will inspire this entire audience to think of ways to use technology for fun, but also for good. Nothing against clubs, as Natalia said, but I spent 10 years getting people drunk in New York City before uh, realizing that I had actually become the worst person I knew, and I moved uh, to a country called Liberia, West Africa. I sold all my possessions. I wanted to join a humanitarian mission, and uh, 
while I was there, I met this 13-year-old girl named Hawa who was drinking from a swamp. I had never seen a child drink dirty water before. Water, to me, had come out of taps my entire life. In fact, I sold $10 bottles of Voss water at the clubs to people who would order 20 and not even open them. And I learned that half of the people in this country didn't have clean water to drink because of where they're born. And I also learned that there were actually 663 million people in the world, just like Hawa, who had never had clean water to drink. And, you know, I thought maybe I could take what I had learned in the past promoting nightclubs and actually help some of them get access to clean water. So that's where the idea for Charity Water came from 10 years ago. Not only do we know that these projects are working, but it's a cool donor experience too. I'm going to pick on this guy since we're in his home. Daniel actually donated his 29th birthday. And instead of allowing anyone to give him gifts, he asked for $29 donations instead. And he raised over $45,000, which funded a bunch of projects. Amazing, yeah. In like a few days, because he's well-loved and, and people wanted to help. So what we can actually do is we can go find Daniel's projects in the portfolio in Ethiopia. And he got this experience. He got to see the photos and the GPS and a little plaque that he made in honor of the people that gave. But now we can actually see how much water is flowing every single day. This well was built four years ago. I can tell Daniel that last Thursday, women started getting up at four in the morning in the pitch black, got a bunch of water in the morning, didn't get any in the height of the sun, and then there was a huge afternoon rush at one of those wells that his birthday created four years ago. And last Thursday, that well pumped 2,329 liters. Go imagine the value if we all went out and you know, bought these uh, off of our hotel rooms. Five, six, seven thousand dollars of water just in one day from a water point in Ethiopia that was funded four years ago. So we believe this is the future. In nine years, storytelling, radical transparency has helped us raise over 215 million dollars, getting over a million people to give globally. Many people giving for the first time. Many people who didn't trust charities. We've helped six million people get clean water. We've solved about one percent of the global water crisis. So there's a lot of work left to do. I want to talk about VR and how we've been using that. One of the hardest things is getting people to care. Getting people to care about people that live oceans away. You know, the parents here, your kids have never had to drink water from a swamp. Your moms did not walk eight hours a day with heavy clay pots of 40 pounds on their back. So it's difficult to get people to care about you know, their neighbors living in extreme poverty, living without access to water. So I thought virtual reality might be able to, to be a tool we could use. Of the million donors, I've taken 300 people to Africa. Many actually in this room. I think there's 10 people in this room that have come with us to see their own projects. But we thought, could we take more people there? Could we drive a little more empathy? So we uh, did this last May. We taped a bunch of GoPros together. We had no idea what we were doing. We took it to a rural village in Ethiopia, and we told the story of this extraordinary 13-year-old girl named Salam. Her name means peace. She'd lost her mother due to mental illness, and she was taking care of her father and her kids, and she had a really tough life, and she had never had clean water in her life. And this was the source that she'd had to drink from her entire life, shared with animals. So those of you that have tried this, you step in in the headset. You're in her world. You are watching her drink this water. You're in her home. And then one day, because someone wrote a $10,000 check, drilling rigs roll into her village. 
and you see her and her father there, the moment when water is struck and shoots out of the ground and her father picks her up and starts dancing, spinning her around. On the sixth day, in the eighth minute of the film, you watch her drink clean water for the first time in her life. We thought maybe this would get people a little closer. Maybe this would drive a little more empathy and compassion. And then we wanted to take it out and start showing people. So at our gala last year at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, we said, uh, let's try and show our film called The Source. And there was a moment around 9.30 where 150 volunteers walked out, strapped headsets on 400 people in black tie, and we pressed play at the same time. And we took 400 people to Ethiopia. Eight minutes later, they came out, and they gave $2.4 million, enough to impact 240 villages. I took it to Ethiopia. I figured before the gala, I had to fly in just for one day and show her her film before we showed it to 400 fancy people. I was a little nervous, <laughs> and thankfully she liked it. At the end, she said one word in her local language, konjo, which means beautiful. Guy in our office walks in named David, watches the film. Now, he'd already made a gift. He was coming in the charity water office to be thanked. We'd never met him before. Complete stranger, puts on the headset. Eight minutes later, takes the headset down. He's weeping. He writes a $400,000 check for another 40 villages. We've started taking this out to the streets of New York City, stopping kids with rollerblades, saying, will you watch this? taking it to film festivals, the Tribeca Film Festival. It's being considered at Cannes now. And uh, we're taking it to huge public spaces. This is right underneath the Freedom Tower in New York City. We're building kiosks and showing it to people in public spaces where they're unlocking donations made by other donors, and then we're asking them to pay it forward and asking them to give. Every one of you that has done it here has unlocked $100. If 100 people here do it, one village gets water. If 200 people do it here, two villages get access to clean water. As we uh, turn 10 in a couple months, we're continuing to think, how can we use technology? How can we use it to connect people? How can we use it to inspire people, to help people in need around the world? And um, it's been an amazing 10 years. Hopefully there's some people that are in this room that might have heard of us for the first time that would be a part of that journey in the future. So thank you guys for letting me share that with you.